How's it going, everybody? This is Nitty Gritty. My name is Chad. With me, as usual, is Leonard. And apologies for any audio issues. If you might hear any feedback. But this week, we are bringing you... It's been a while since we've had a superstar spotlight, Leonard. Mm-hmm. But that is what we're bringing you this week. This is kind of going to be a mini episode of sorts. Um, because there's not a whole lot out there on who we chose to spotlight. That's right. And we are going to be spotlighting the Jurassic Powers. Oh, there you go. Where'd you get the shirt? Uh, it was Tee Public, I think. Okay. Pro Wrestling Tees. Um, they're not even on Pro Wrestling Tees. So this is probably something some random dude made. Um, yeah. But it does say Norton and Hernandez, so it's not like you can confuse it with Jurassic Express. So. No, no. Well, and actually how this came about was several episodes ago, um, Chad mentioned something about Steve Williams and Terry Gordy, and I used their Japanese tag name of the Miracle Violence Connection, which Chad apparently did not know. And then I mentioned, oh, well, around the same time period, Scott Norton and Hercules Hernandez were working as the Jurassic Powers, which I erroneously called the Jurassic Express to start with because I couldn't remember the name, but the Jurassic Powers. And how I found out about that was a few years ago in one of the fantasy wrestling drafts I did, somebody drafted them and put them together and posted the picture. And I was like, wow, I did not know that they had worked together. And of course, that was in Japan, and as we've discussed uh, you know, I'm not up on Japanese wrestling, although more I find out about like the early 90s stuff, which we're going to talk about today, because that's when they worked. It was 93 to 94. I'm more interested in checking out that era. Yeah. And the problem with that era and, you know, I have a subscription to NJPWworld.com. And uh, the problem is that era is very spotty in terms of what content they have available. The older you go back into New Japan, the spottier selection they have um unfortunately there's not much out there for the jurassic powers as uh we record this i found a total of three matches and uh, i really wish that i could find more we're going to talk about some of the other teams that they went up against uh in a little bit but uh first let's go over some background so the jurassic powers were a tag team that consisted of scott norton and Hercules Hernandez, they first formed in March of 93 when Hercules joined New Japan. Um, Norton was already there. He had tag-teamed with a gentleman, uh, Tony Almy, if I'm saying that name right. Uh, the two spent the first few months around the cards. They would take place in six- and eight-man tag-team matches. Um, eventually, though, they climbed the rankings and would defeat the Hellraisers on August 5th, 1993 to win the IWGP Tag Team Championship. We'll get to the Hellraisers in a second. After winning the title, they would hold them for about five months and have three title defenses against the Hellraisers, Hiroshi Hase, Taiji Muto, and the Nasty Boys randomly, um, as well as non-title victories over a team I've never heard of, the Japanese Jolly Jacks. I noticed that in the history I was looking up, and that Japanese tag teams have, like, the coolest names. I give them that. Yes, absolutely. Um, and then, randomly, the tag team of Bruce Beefcake and Jake Roberts. Um, they also entered the 1993 Super Grade Tag League and would ultimately be the runners-up as they lost to Hase and Muto in the finals. They would finally lose the titles back to the Hellraiser at Battlefield January 4th, 1994. 
And after the title loss, they would make a few more appearances as a team. But their last appearance came against the losing effort against the Steiner brothers, August 4th, 1994. And after that, they would kind of they would obviously have to split because Hercules left New Japan. So their championships and accomplishments section on Wikipedia is simply that they were the IWGP Tag Team Champions at the time. Um, and like I said, they weren't around for very long, you know, 1993 to 1994 period. So roughly about a year. Um, I was intrigued by the fact that you have two really intimidating looking, big, muscular power and uh, that's how they wrestled their tag team matches. Now, Hercules was past his prime at this point. Um, he was kind of fed up with what was going on in the States. He had been relegated to being a jobber in the WF. So he then went to WCW for a really short time. Um, Super Invader, which I don't remember much about. I do remember the Super Invader, and I think I remember not didn't know it was him. Right. And you wouldn't know it because he, at this point, you can see he's old and he's fat. He's he's very gray at the temples. Yes. Um, and, and I'll just interject here. This is an interesting uh, crossroads for both these guys because Norton was still pretty early in his career. We talked about Norton a little bit uh, when we did our AWA dying days of the AWA draft because Norton uh, was wrestling there as Flapjack Scott Norton in a tag team with Nord the Barbarian or John Norton. It was Norton. early in his career, Scott Norton. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that was, so this was, I'm not sure exactly how long he had been uh, around, but this was so early in his career. Of course, from this point, he would go to WCW and he would form Fire and Ice with Ice Train. He would turn on Ice Train. He would join the NWO. That was a big part of NWO Japan. He would went to Japan and, and worked a lot in Japan as part of NWO Japan. That's the next shirt I need, Leonard. Fire and Ice shirt, yeah, that's a, that's a good one. And then um, uh, with Hercules, when he went back to the States, he was in the very short-lived AWF, which used a lot of the older guys. And then he just wrestled in the Independence before retiring around 99 or, or so, 99, 2000. So this is interesting. One guy was sort of, you know, a few years into his career, and one guy was a few years away from ending his career. Norton, again, looked pretty much the way you, you know Norton to look. Again, Hercules looks just heavy. He's, I mean, he looks huge. I, I see why they would call them Jurassic, because both these guys look like, you know, huge dinosaurs of, of, of human beings. Yeah, yeah. And But, you know, their style at this stage of their careers, it kind of suited them in New Japan because they could go a little bit stiffer. And, you know, they could do things that maybe you weren't used to seeing Hercules do all the time in WWF when he would swing the chain around. And it was basically like test of strength and, you know, press slams and that kind of thing. You know, one thing I would say about Hercules here, even though he is older and heavier, is I did I was impressed by the work ethic he put in, the work rate he put in. Now, Morton seemingly worked most of the matches, but when he was in there, like a telling thing I noticed in one of the matches we watched is he shot a guy off into the corner and he followed him. Right. Now, usually your older out-of-shape guys don't follow. They, they throw and then they walk after him. But he <laughs> followed him. He was hitting back suplexes. Um, you know, I was I was impressed by his... He seemed like he was doing more in these matches than he typically did, as you noted, in, in a WWF match. Again, the style's different. 
Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the three matches that we were able to find, two of them were against the Hellraisers. Now the Hellraisers would consist of Power Warrior and Hawk Warrior. The Hellraisers would become a tag team because Hawk would leave the WWF after SummerSlam 92 and Animal was injured at this time. So he formed a tag team with Kenzuke Sasake, who would be dubbed the Power Warrior. They would come out with the shoulder pads and he would have makeup on and, and you know, they called themselves the Hellraisers, which is a cool tag team. And they apparently, their theme song was Hellraiser by Ozzy Osbourne. Um, yeah, I'll end up on the two um, videos that we have of them that it's eliminated. And there's a note that's saying because of copyright reasons, we're not using the theme music. So I didn't look it up. I was interested in what the theme music was. So there you go. Um, so, yeah, I mean, eventually, I mean, when you look at some of the documentaries on the Road Warriors, Animal looks at this time as almost like they were on the outs, he and Hawk. And, you know, Hawk wanted to do the Road Warriors thing in Japan. and But eventually, Animal would be, his injury would heal, and they would form a trio just called the Road Warriors. So, in any event, the Hellraisers were a team. And to, those are the two matches that you can find on njpwworld.com. Um, the matches are not long, but I thought that they were decent power matches. Mm -hmm. Be in any top ten lists, but for the ten fifteen minutes the matches last, I thought that all the guys, as they say, got their shit in, and the matches to me were decent. What did you think, Leonard? I would agree with you there. The first video from '93, I think, is a bit over thirteen minutes, and the second is a bit over sixteen minutes, but they do include. The second one does include a promo from uh, the Jurassic Powers before and after that match, yeah. uh, but but I would I would I would agree with you. Uh, the good power matches, and again again I mentioned how I thought Hercules looked good for you know the shape that he appeared to be in. Um, there's one thing that I did in the first I think it was the first match I really like is that Hercules uses a a, a torture rack backbreaker. Yeah. On Power Warrior, and it's preceded by Norton yelling, "Break this motherfucker's back!" <laughs> which, 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 which I loved. Um, and that match too, that first match, it's got a wonky finish in the fact that that Hercules gets the cover in Power Warrior, but he gets his foot on the ropes, which the referee misses. But then they restart the match, and the Hellraisers get the win uh, shortly after the restart. So I thought that felt like a way to try to keep both teams you know, fresh or, or give them, you know, make them both look good, as it were. The second match I liked a little bit better was the one from 94 because it seemed like they pulled out more stuff. Hawk did the flying clothesline uh, from the top rope, and he does this one crazy thing where he gets on the entrance ramp and he runs. Oh, and yeah, does, I that, yeah. does like a sort of a slingshot suicide dive into the ring. Right. Uh, which, looked, which looked crazy. Um, but I did like the second match a little bit better because they did more stuff. Uh, I think they pulled out more bigger moves in that second one, but I agree with you. These are power teams, and you said this in our last video about how the idea in Japan is I can tough it out more than you or I can do more than you. There's a lot of that in these two matches of just them just slapping and just staring at each other. 
and I get that's the, and I get that's the style. So they were working that they were working that style. But I like both the matches for what they were. Yeah, and the third match uh, is available on Daily Motion. Um, it's the only match that you can find really for free. Um, and that would be the Jurassic Towers versus Jushin Thunder Liger and Chris Benoit. Uh, mm-hmm. Under the Pegasus Kid name, and he wears the mask, but as soon as the match starts, he takes the mask off. So, yeah. And, I'm not sure what the storyline was there at that time. I assume there was something where he was not working with the mask, but they knew it was Pegasus Kid or something like that. Yeah, something. It must have been a weird transition period because. I've seen matches, uh, Benoit matches, where he was just Pegasus Kid or Wild Pegasus. I think it changed. Uh, but uh, I have seen some of those matches where he kept the mask on. Uh, but yeah, and this he took it off, which is interesting to see. It's about 10 minutes, this match. Obviously, these are style clashes, right? You have yeah. cruiserweights, uh, fast-paced guys against two, as Leonard said, you know, older power guys, that dinosaurs. Yeah, dinosaurs. And and this is the match, too, where Norton, I would say, wrestles 80, 85% of it. And I would guess that's because he knew what to do with the offense that he was getting or that he could absorb it a little bit better than what Hercules could. Yeah, Hercules, I can see him saying, uh, I'm standing there with these guys. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, it's, it's, a great, it's a great start because it's it's a they jump them. Uh, the Jurassic Power jump Liger and, and Benoit, and they fight outside the ring. But then they come back with they do stereo drop kicks, stereo baseball slides, and stereo splashes, and it looks great. And it and it establishes the storyline. This match, I like this match the best of the three because they had a really good storyline. Yeah. Basically, the Jurassic Powers are just going to beat you, you know, beat you down. While Benoit and Liger are like, okay, we've got to use our speed, our agility, and our teamwork to to win here. So it was just, it was those three elements against just a straightforward power game. So I like the story that they told here. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Um, it, you know, all three of these matches, like I said, were fairly decent. I really wish there were more because mm-hmm. if you go to Cage Match, that website, you can see all the matches that Jurassic Powers had. I would have liked to have seen them their work with the Nasty Boys. I would have liked to have seen their matches with the Steiner Brothers. Um, they would have, you know, tag team and six-mans with um, Masahiro Chono on the other side. I'm sure those were interesting to watch. Barbarian made appearances in NJPW at this time. Um, so a lot of interesting guys, come, you know, guys who were already there, guys who were just coming in for a short period. Um but, uh, yeah, obviously this is kind of the tail end of Hercules' career. But uh, I think I like the tag team name. That's one of the reasons why we did this. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the two of them standing next to each other, to me, looks intimidating um, if you're a tag team. Uh, yeah, they're, they're in like the – they have matching black singlets. Yeah. And Hercules still has the chains. And, yeah, like you would not want to – I know it's wrestling and it's fake, but I would not want to meet those two in a dark alley. Right, absolutely. Um, so yeah, this is a uh, you know kind of an interesting little small period in the careers of Norton and Hernandez, and uh, I wish that NJPW had more material from them. Um, you know, maybe one day they'll be able to get some of that footage cleaned up and put on there. Who knows? But uh, if, if you've never heard of them, go check them out. Let us know what you think of them, and uh, we love to hear any and all feedback. So. 
please check our, out our other episodes, segment surgery, stupid questions, random match reviews, and we are available wherever you can find podcasts. And for Leonard, my name is Chad. We will see you next time. And Alexa, we'll see you out. <laughs>